Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Disney Guys Uncensored. My name is Andrew DeFusco, and this is episode number 18, recorded on July 22nd, 2019. On tonight's episode, we will be going a take two on Dining at Disney. And uh, with me tonight, as always, Bubba, how are you, Ben? What's going on? You're beating the heat. Happy 25th birthday to the Tower of Terror. Tonight is the 25th anniversary of perhaps the greatest arc ride ever made. Uh, so that's exciting stuff. I got to tell you, a couple things happened to me over this week. I, I had two scary moments in movie uh, fandom. Uh, it, trailer, new trailer, freaky is all get up. Scared the bejesus out of me. I'm ready for it, though. It looks great. I'm interested. I mean, you're ready for it? I'm ready. I'm, I'm mentally ready now, though. I don't love horror movies, but it, too, I am. Oh, that okay. being yes. I'm sorry, there I don't know why I was thinking about that. second trailer that <laughs> scared the bejesus out of me for an entirely different reason. <laughs> one, I didn't drop enough acid before I watched it. That's number one. <laughs> uh, secondly, there are no words to describe that two and a half minutes of cats. You know, I almost want to feel like it's genius, but at the same time, no. Well, with the it's talent not... involved, it's probably going to be very good. But well, that, the problem is that somebody went to Universal and said, do you want them to be more cat-like or more human? Universal said, just responded with, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I got to tell you, listen, Jennifer Hudson, talented. Idris Elba, incredible. Jason Derulo, who sings his name more than anything else, great, great talent. <laughs> Taylor Swift, depending on what side of the fence you're on, she's talented. I mean, she's yeah. a little more poppy now than she was when she was country. And yeah. But ultimately... Uh, I, I Jane, Dame Judy Dench. I mean, the talent and uh, Rob Marshall. Is he the director of this film? I mean, incredibly talented people. But oh man, what were they going for? It was. was I, I got to tell you. I think they I, were trying to beat everybody to the uh, raid of Area Fifty One. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is something. Andrew, speaking of raids, and yes. and uh, Area Fifty One. Yes. Uh, Mousetrap. Tell us. <laughs> A mouse tra- I, I had some intense uh, mouse trapping tonight, and, you know, I was on a roll. I was one space away from ending the game. Little did I know that game really had a half hour left in it. And, um, you know, everybody teamed up on me. Everyone decided to send me to the trap. I lost all my cheese, and I lost to my five-year-old. Wasn't happy about it. I was very intense. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's what happened. That's what I did. Yeah, you play for keeps. There's no question about that. I was going to say, you. how dare that five-year-old win? Yeah. I mean, I've but, known you your entire life. You play for keeps. You're not, uh, you're not. You know what I did here. do this weekend though? Uh, at just like the whole East coast is going right through right now. We had, you know, the heat wave. So I had to cut the grass. It was, I, I spent a couple of weeds. I just, I wanted to get out there. I wanted to cut the grass. So I said, well, how can I stay cool? 
well, luckily there was an episode last week on ways to stay ah. cool. And I said, how can I convert that to everyday living? So I decided to go out there and make my own frosty towel. And I wrapped that sucker around my neck and I cut the grass. I, ref- I had to refresh it every once in a while, but it was epic. I, I might I might be doing that moving forward. I might even take Tim, Tim Candy's advice and go on Amazon and buy some real ones. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been going into that's lately. Hashtag, that's Did you happen to synergy. use any antiperspirant? What's that? <laughs> Did you happen to use the antiperspirant? I or know. you know, wrap the towel around some other regions. <laughs> I did use some gold mm. bond. I'm not gonna lie there. <laughs> I mean, speaking of being outside would, and hot, you've had say some, that uh, Bob Iger would be rolling in his grave if you heard this conversation, <laughs> but he's not dead. So I mean, hashtag synergy for the wind boys. Way to you bring it back to last you know what, week. Though, but really quick, you know what I did what? do was is I went to polls this afternoon. And I had to buy myself some proper workout gear since I did sign up myself for a half ma- half marathon, you know. So I had to get the proper equipment. So now I can work out in style. Um, let me tell you, workouts gear and those shirts are not cheap. Um, not cheap at all. But... Not your cottage industry. Oh yeah, yep. they're sucking you no. right into that. Yeah. But anyways, but well, you you had a busy weekend. No, I mean it wasn't that busy. Uh, you know. Uh, Saturday night went to uh, a, a man that I consider a musical virtuoso, uh, a a rock god potentially, maybe a rock lobster. I don't know. Uh, John Mayer <laughs> played that. almost a three-hour set at the Dunk uh, the other night, Saturday night. So what really chapped my fanny was so we got there. <laughs> so so we got there. He needs some gold bond for that. And we're walking, and we parked at the mall. Jay, for you to understand this, there's a skyway connecting the mall to the local convention center. And then Sounds the convention a lot more center, fancier than it actually is. And then is. the convention center connects to an, uh, a, a, a skyway uh, to the to the Dunkin' Donuts Center, but, you know, our little auditorium here. Right, right, right. And... So we parked at the mall. It's cheaper to park there. We walked over through both skyways. And I look outside. Door's supposed to be at 6.30, which, okay, 7.30 show. makes sense. You know, get, get you in there. And it was like 107 degrees at this time on Saturday night. And it, the people were outside. It was like quarter of seven. Doors are still closed. And people are just, I mean, luckily, I was, I was laughing. I was recording a, a scalper. I'll, I'll see if I have video so I'm a, i might i witnessed scalping going down of a digital concert i don't know how that works I don't it happens ask, but it happens. so it, it's sure. magic because it, you're sitting there and i'm in an air-conditioned glass tube i'm fine but i'm looking down i'm like there are thirteen thousand people standing in the middle of providence and nobody cares so <laughs> i mean brother that i think the dunk has never looked better to me i thought it looked really good i don't know if they've done any work to it or not so if we have anybody from the uh providence uh convention authority uh listening tonight uh the dunk looks like it's in great shape so oh, i'm uh, glad that i'm glad that and, and yesterday i i actually did see some blues royalty at indian ranch up in webster mass again it was about 103 or 104 degrees we were in direct sunlight ladies and gentlemen george thoroughgood and the destroyers Woo. the man is the man is 70 years old he played for about an hour and 20 minutes or so straight and let me tell you that guy can still rock he may or may not have a drug problem. He may or may not have an alcohol problem. And he may think he's still 40 years old the way he was pelvic thrusting across the stage. <laughs> oh, but 
let me tell you, that guy can play the guitar, and his band's very good. They were a very good show. I went with my father and uh, my father-in-law and, and um, uh, a friend of the family, uh, my one of my aunt's friends. So we, nice. we uh, did do that, and it was it was a great time. It was harder than the Dickens, but it was great. And so it sounds uh, like you had a, a busy weekend, to say the yes. least. But um, Jay, how how is uh, how you handling the heat down there? What else about you? Good weekend or? Oh yeah, well we're just handling the heat like we do on any other day of the week. That's true. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like you know, guys, we call that Tuesday in South Carolina. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we. Had, I, know, I know. I rib. I ribbed you guys quite a bit about the heat, but that's okay. Because come winter, you're going to be ribbing us when it gets below thirty degrees, or when we get you know yeah. school canceled for half an inch of snow. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's back in my day, I walked uphill both ways, a mile and a half in blizzards. Never canceled school. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know it, it was 110 Sunday. It's supposed to be in the 60s tomorrow. That's just yeah. The it's weather just folks. welcome to New England, folks. <laughs> but, so what uh, I'm excited about here right now is in about a week. I'm sure you guys have, have noticed that I'm a big fan of Marvel at this point in time, and you know, with especially with San Diego Comic Con going on, it's been a wonderful week with all the amazing things that we've heard with the year coming up. To include some of our our uh, my favorite TV shows, one of which is ending with its fifteenth season this year, Supernatural. I've been a big fan for a very long time, but um, also in about a week, I'm a huge fan of Venom and the Clintar, also known as the Symbiotes. One of my favorite story arcs for Venom was always Maximum Carnage. Well, they're bringing him back in another huge story arc called Absolute Carnage. And the first of that three-month series comes out the 1st of August. I'm super excited. I'm stoked. I can't wait for it. Now, Jay, what is this San Diego Comic-Con you speak of? Because <laughs> I, I thought it was International Comic-Con. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, well, Jay, I wish I could say, you know, have a comment or two, but i got to be honest, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. But I will say I'm happy for you that you're happy. Yeah, uh, so there was a Sega Genesis Spider-Man game or Marvel game. I think it was Sega. And they had you could play as Carnage once you beat a certain portion of the game. That, that actually was the Maximum Carnage game. It was on yeah, Super Nintendo as well. What what a game. What yeah. a fantastic <laughs> game. Right there with uh NBA Jam for me. Oh gosh, yes, in NBA terms Jam of was games such that a great I loved game. growing up with. I mean, we don't like we don't like basketball. We do talk about the NBA experience as being a miss already. But right. NBA Jam, let me tell you, that is my jam, as they say. So, <laughs> well, enough <laughs> about us. More about Disney. We did have uh, a few news items this week. So let's head on over to the news. Welcome, welcome to the Disney News Desk. First on our desk is the Walk Around the World commemorative bricks that are at the entrance to the Magic Kingdom are being removed. This is something that's been there for quite a while. If you've ever been to the Magic Kingdom, which I'm sure many of you have, and look down at the ground before you enter, there's all all kinds of, I don't know if it's hexagonal or octagonal, but they're blocks. They've got people's names on them and dates and such. They are actually removing those blocks. There's a new Spotify hub. The Disney hub has been separated into a several different playlists. You've got your hits, favorites, classics, sing-alongs, princess, Marvel music, and Star Wars. 
The users can expect some overlap between the playlists, but Disney is making the tracks available from the films, live action and animated, theme park attractions, Disney Channel originals, and classic tunes from decades ago available on the app. Now, now Jay, if I may, does that mean I can finally get my long-awaited digital copy of the Cheetah Girls Deluxe Edition album on Oh, Spotify? I guarantee it. I know. Believe me, I know you are such a fan of the Cheetah Girls. Big big time. Big time. Zombies has a solid soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's uh, (laughs) more than two billion minutes of Disney songs have been had been streamed on Spotify this year alone. I just would be curious who sat there and counted. I mean, I, I, you know, because the songs are like two and a half minutes a piece. I know there's some algorithm you could use, but that seems like an awful lot of minutes. You know, uh, well, it finally happened. Endgame has surpassed Avatar as the highest grossing film of all time. Now, well, obviously, this is not uh, again, uh, again adjusted for inflation or anything. No, because adjusted for inflation. Uh, Gone with the know, wind. Gone with the wind has made like ten trillion dollars adjusted for inflation. So right, and who's That's to say I, be caught? But uh, who's to say that uh, even though it is the number one at this point in time, I have a feeling that they're going to release the original Avatar somewhere around the time that two comes out because it has been such a long time since the first one. Listen, I think the important thing here is we can. Be, we can keep being creative with the bookkeeping. That's all that matters. Why, why, <laughs> right. why can't they just count tickets sold? Why do they got to be the money? Wouldn't that be easier? I don't do know. know? I, I don't know. Write a letter to Box Office Mojo, tear <laughs> up the Disney guys on you know, censored, and figure out why. Maybe, maybe we're onto something. Maybe that's the new stat we got to keep. Don't worry about I don't know. Okay. I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to start keeping stats like that. But <laughs> no. if you'd like to, go ahead. Hey, maybe the same guy that counted the two billion minutes can get us. I guess. <laughs> Let's get him on board. Uh, As the third installments of the Descendants movie prepares to debut on August second on the Disney Channel, you'll have two ways to celebrate across Walt Disney World. Over at Disney Springs. And I really feel like Andrew should be the one to tell us about this because he's the biggest Descendants fan we have on this podcast. No, that's oh. right. That's not true. Actually, my kids do I, like I, it. I mean, he did have uh, a pity party when um, hours. Cameron Boyce passed. Hours I mean, of time were spent and calling this information from various sources. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> the first place is over at Disney Springs. They're going to have the Disney Descendant dance party. They will be rocking at the Marketplace stage for a limited time from July 26th to August 11th. And second place is over the Magic Kingdom and the Descend Dance Party will be taking over the stage at Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe as an added feature during Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party starting on August 16th. Which is about two and a half weeks away, guys. It's Halloween. That's crazy. Uh, You know what, though? It's pretty much Easter. Genius, <laughs> genius marketing name to send dance. You're right, I, mean, I love it. <laughs> Talk about a dad joke gone wild. <laughs> Disney has announced that starting August 29th, Darth Vader's meet and greet will be returning to Star Wars Launch Bay and replacing Kylo Ren. Disney's not-so-spooky, spectacular fireworks show will be hosted by Jack Skellington. No surprise there. The free dining plan has been announced. 
September 1st through December 24th. Must be at least a five-night, six-day stay. Have park hoppers, and you cannot combine with any other offers. Resort discounts up to 20% off rooms September 1st through December 24th. Certain dates have restrictions. Each resort has different discounts, if any. There are many of these discounts, way too many to individually announce here. Just go and find it. I'm sure you'll be able to find what you're looking for. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Jay. And uh, let's move on over to the topic of the week. Uh, yeah, so this week we are talking about everything dine-in related at Walt Disney World. Um, so we're going to start off by talking about the advanced dine-in reservations, also known as the ADR. That term's thrown out a lot. So if that's you hear that, that's what we're talking about. And that is, you know, starting at the 180-day mark, get back to that pre-planning, right? You know, you have the ability to go online and book um, your dine-in. Now, that's 180 days um, to your arrival date, you can book for your entire length of resort up to 10 days. So if you're going for 11 days, you can't book that 11th day just yet. Um, but this is important, and we're going to get into some info on why it's important and all those things coming up. But again, remember, that's pretty much the first thing you need to do when you book your Disney trip. After you book it, um, hopefully it's with outside of that 180-day mark, um, but then you can start going to that. Uh, the next thing we want to talk about is a bunch of what we're calling uncensored tips um, and some fats thrown in there. So this is kind of stuff that uh, the three of us have put together from our experiences and our research over time of uh, what we think is something you want to keep in mind for dining in general. So, Bob, why don't you uh, lead us off? Yeah, listen, as the least likely to eat anything at these parks, <laughs> let me start off with... Uh, at Epcot, during the Food and Wine Festival, I've been, I want to say twice, maybe three times to the Food and Wine Festival. It is a great time of year to go. However, I would caution, don't worry about necessarily locking yourself into food reservations or dining reservations during that time, especially when you're going to be at Epcot. I mean, Epcot's restaurants are, are with maybe the exception of Disney Springs, the best yep. Disney has to offer, period. Agreed. I Agreed. including Shanghai, including Hong Kong, including Disneyland and Paris. Yep. Epcot outside of Disney Springs is probably the best place you're going to get a meal. Um, but during the food and wine festival, and in fact, this goes for pretty much any of the festivals. Yep. They have all these little kiosks for drinks and, and snacks and small plates. And you can actually, I mean, listen, it's, it's going to get expensive. It, it will. The plates probably go anywhere from, six or seven bucks up to about 13 or 14 depending on what you're getting but if you went to two or three stands you're going to get a a, a collection of food Absolutely. that you're not going to be yeah. saddled with if you go to you know the san and the san and hell inn you're going to get mexican food you know if and, the, you, you and go, these are delicious right i mean these are top oh, line right. chefs yeah i mean and yeah. this is stuff that you know uh that don't necessarily have pavilions representation in epcot so i know there's a two or three greek stands normally and and you know you get some heroes and, and stuff like that i mean they've got some uh portugal's usually got a couple stands uh yep. so really some some really good stuff spain i know normally does get represented fairly well and there's some scandinavian dishes as well but really uh, for me, that's what I would do if I'm going during that time, specifically when you're at Epcot for the day. Absolutely. I would just kind of walk around the world and, you know, get the passport and check out all the stands. That's what well, I would do. Well, uh, Jay, the, Jay, what do you got? 
Well, well, really quick, one thing to keep in mind, too, for those people that aren't familiar with these food and wine festivals and things like that, don't get intimidated. If, if that's not your thing, what Bubba just described isn't really for you, that's okay. You don't have to commit to any of that. Um, you know, a lot of people hear food and wine festival, what is that? If, if it's not for you, just don't worry about it. Right. So, one other thing that we need to look into, before and after you book, check to see if there's any events going on during your stay. That could be cheer competitions, marathon weeks, festivals such as the Food and Wine Festival or the Garden Fest, uh, Flower and Garden Festival. They may have a lot to do with getting your reservations. It may end up being a little bit harder to find at some of your favorite resorts. Um, just make sure and check these because they can change day to day depending on what festivals or what's going on at that point in time. And always try to eat off peak hours if you're there during one of these events. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a general rule. In general, the off-peak yeah. hours thing, man. I Definitely. Mean, if you're going to eat a lunch, eat a little early. Maybe you skip breakfast and you eat, you know, at yep. ten thirty, or, or you know, the first time, the first lunch if it's eleven o'clock, and you get away from that noon to one or noon to one thirty uh, time frame, and then at dinner, your best bet for most reservations at dinner, believe it or not, it's going to sound crazy. If you're not going with kids, go to like nine nine thirty. And go have a nice dinner for yourself at the end of the night. If if you're going, you know, you and your significant other, I think, is the best way to handle it. Obviously, if you go with kids, 930 is probably inadvisable to have dinner. But, you know, I, I would say, Jay, that's an excellent point, too. That's, that's a great point. Absolutely. Um, so, the, so the next one here is, obviously, when you do these bookings, um, you typically would use your My Disney Experience app. Or you can go on the website and, and book them. However, don't be afraid to call the phone number. And uh, here's one for you, Bob. The phone number is 407-WDW-DINE um, or 939-3463. Yes! Um, oh, I'm proud of you. can't believe I did it. Uh, also, uh, I, we've talked about this one in the past. If you're having trouble getting a reservation, um, it might be hard for in-the-park type Disney things, but definitely Disney Springs. Um Call the restaurant directly. A perfect example of this is like either the Rainforest Cafe or T-Rats or even some of the more popular ones, right? Uh, the Boathouse, uh, Edison, all those types of things. Call them directly and don't even tell them that you're visiting Disney. You could be a local for all they know right. and just say, I, I want to make a dinner reservation for Friday, you know, whatever it is, July 25th and uh, at this time. And, and, and then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll help you out there. Um, I know I did that personally. All they did was ask my last name. That's yeah. it. No credit card, no first name. Right. Nothing. Yeah. No, I, it's like calling a restaurant around home and see if they have, you know, any of the advanced seatings or call ahead, whatever they call it nowadays. So, no, I mean, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like you said, though, really more specific to the Disney Springs stuff, if only because you don't have to get into the parks to go to those restaurants. Yeah. Yep. So, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a good tip. Um, for me, the bane of my existence when people ask me questions about Disney and, the more we do this, the more episodes we do, I feel like more people want your input when you see them in person. And they say, oh, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? We've tr We tried to do this three or four weeks ago, and it, it didn't work. There was, there was some problems. But we, we touched well, you on know something. they're still making money, right? Of course. Right. So, <laughs> so we were talking about it saying, you know, the free dining plan. And we talked about it in the news. They're offering the free dining plan. Now, for me, a couple of things the free dining plan. 
one, impossibly hard to get reservations at most of the popular restaurants because a lot of people take advantage of the free dining plan. Right. So, and just because you have the dining or you got it with your package does not mean you're going to get an actual reservation. It's just, you're paying for your dining. They're obviously making money on it. They weren't making money. They wouldn't offer. So (laughs) while the dining plan is included in the vacation package, you're more often paying the rack rate for the room. So now you're running into tough to get reservations at the restaurants. Yep. You're, you're paying full price for everything else. Uh, For me, I'm still probably taking the 20 or 25% off the rooms. You know that we just told you that those are running concurrently with one another. And you can't, for me, yeah, I'd almost take the, the room discount. And again, it really depends on how long the trip is going to be. If it really comes out in the end that you're ahead. Um, so, so really for me though, the two things there is it all kind of ties back to just being diligent and checking the reservation system because People are constantly changing. Jay, I know we've talked about it. Andrew, we've talked about it in the past, yep, too. Yep, yep, yep. Where you made reservations at one place, you changed your mind, you canceled that one. That opened up to someone. Someone went during that time. I mean, someone right. felt it. So, and, and, I, and to that point, Bubba, the beauty about Walt Disney World is if you don't cancel, you do get charged. So people correct. do cancel. It's correct. not like other places will say, oh, I'm just not going to show up. No big deal. Correct. You, they, they, they will cancel or else they're going to charge. So people learn fast. So right. they I mean, it's a nominal fee. Up. I think it's uh, 25 or 30 bucks. Yeah, it's not who like. Wants, who wants to pay that if you don't have no, to? Right. Know? But if there's an emergency, what I'm saying is you do need 24 hours. But if there's an emergency situation, it's not like it's an exorbitant yeah. amount of money. And you're not blacklisted. You're not banned People for that. that are going to have to cancel. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, 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 right. So that, but for me, I'm still going room discounts every day of the week. Ah, speaking of ban, I feel like since we're on that subject, maybe we should share a little story that we heard about today, Bob. What? The Tower what of Terror? No, no, we can't get into that. Lifetime bans, I can't do that. Well, uh, I, I mean, I think now that we brought it up, we kind of at least have to. Oh, well, I didn't bring it up. Happened. You brought it up. It has nothing to do with dining. But let's, let's talk, talk about it. You brought it up. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Sure, so there, there was an instance, uh, people from Chicago, family from Chicago, YL. Uh, they they were in line for Tower of Terror. We don't know the exact circumstances, but they were in the Fast Pass line, didn't have a Fast Pass. The cast member allegedly told them very politely, you know, uh, you don't have a Fast Pass, unfortunately you can't. And you know the little kiosk in the lobby that they, they stand at to open the doors to the, the various uh, uh, library scenes? They started hitting the buttons on the kiosk, and... Again, open to interpretation. The cast member politely, you know, kind of slid the hand away, saying, "Oh, you can't touch that. It could affect the, the performance of the the show and everything like that." And and she she took a punch for it, and uh, that person is now banned for life. So I think the moral of the story here is, folks, don't punch the cast members in the face. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> absolutely the moral of the story. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so there's no way out of uh, that one. You can't say I slipped. Uh, there's that's it. You punched. No, somebody. no, that is correct. Yeah. You uh, you got punched <laughs> in the face. Yeah, that's. But again, the yeah, the cast member did not want to press charges, so no charges were pressed or filed. But that uh, that woman is banned for life from the parks. So uh, we've seen a couple of incidents the last couple of weeks. Not to go yeah. off on a tangent, but the the fight in Disneyland in Toontown a couple of weeks ago. That was crazy. That was actually scary. I saw the video of that. I didn't see the video of the Tower of Terror incident. Oh. 
Now that Allegedly, one was it's out there. I didn't to, see um, it. Guess there was no cast members involved in that. No, one. no, there wasn't. But that guy was a lunatic. That guy should be in prison for the stuff he did. I, right? I but, agree. Uh, again, it, it's another story for another day. Maybe we'll do an episode on incidents at the parks. Someone write that down. That's Pretty a great idea. That one. Someone write it down. That's a mighty episode if I ever heard one. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, Bob, not to hijack. The point is, if there's a free dine-in, if you take a free dine-in offer, um, there's probably a lot of other people that did it, which means reservations will be harder. Oh, so that's how we tied it back to getting yes. punched in the face, yes. is that punch- you may not have a reservation. <laughs> It'll which, feel like which, getting punched in the face because you yes. can't get the reservation. <laughs> Or it could lead to one when you show up for your reservation. I'm sorry, <laughs> right. you don't have one. Uh, but so if that happens, don't punch <laughs> okay. anybody. Just don't punch the cast member in the face. You should be fine. All right. Uh, next There's over 270 restaurants. I'm sure you can find somewhere to eat. Um, one of my favorite things to do um, around dining is the mobile ordering. I've alluded to it in the past. It's it's a must must do. So anytime you're going to eat somewhere. Uh, you could even do this for table service, but I don't really see a point because table service you should be more relaxed. This is definitely more for the the twitch service or counter service um, items. Always check if you think you're going to go there. Even if you're standing in line, go on the the app and check while you're standing there because it might be faster. Um, and see if mobile ordering is available. I mean, the Disney Experience app is great. It will go by where you're located, so it will find the closest place. Now, there's also some secret menu items that can only be found um, if you go through the mobile ordering. And again, they're not anything spectacular, but what I'm saying is they won't be on the menu, and it's more of an encouragement to go on to mobile ordering, and you might get two extra you know, options of ordering. Um, right. But speaking of secret menu items, they are kind of hidden all over the place throughout D- Disney. Um, I don't want to say that you know one in five restaurants have them, because there's probably a lot more... Uh, you know, rare than that. But I will talk about one. Um, if you ever stay at the All-Star Movies, um, their food court actually offers one. And you have to know who to ask. You can't just ask anybody. You have to kind of ask the right people. And you have to ask the cast member. And when you do, they go into the back. This is crazy. But they go into the <laughs> back room and they come out with a briefcase. And they open up the briefcase. And inside is four view masters and if you don't know what a view master is it's one of those old school you know kind hold of it up to like, your eyes hold it up to the yeah, light it looks like binoculars but it's not yep. kind of yeah like lenny from toy story or something like that and, and, and you, you pull the trigger and it, and it moves the slide deck right so you have to look into one of these things and the, each slide will show you the different um <laughs> secret menu item um so all-star movies i'll give you that right now I'll give you what it is there's two items there's a, a a huge chili dog and there's also a a cheeseburger that comes on a cinnamon bun which oh looks like a heart attack waiting to happen but it looks delicious um so again you could always ask it can't hurt if you ever go to any restaurant or any type of quick service you, you could always just ask them hey do you have any secret menu items worst case they're just gonna say no but uh, it's worth a try. And again, I stress, do not punch them in the face if they say no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Orlando Magazine has bestowed its 2019 Critics Pick, the Best Chef Award to Chef Tim Majora at the Flying Fish at Disney's Boardwalk. Now, I, I don't think we talked about this restaurant later on at all, but I know Bob and I have talked about this restaurant offline. This is supposed to be an amazing restaurant. 
that they're constantly changing the menu. Yeah. So you go there, you could go there from week to week, and it might be a completely different menu. Um, mostly seafood, but I think they have a few other things there. They've got a steak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks, it looks. It, I mean, let me tell you, it looks great. I think it's like a, if I had the restaurant right, it might be like a pepper crusted steak. It looks out of this world good. So I yep. could go for one of those right now, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> The USA Today has announced their 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards for Best Amusement Park Restaurants. Disney restaurants claimed six out of the top 10 spots. Number one was the Via Napoli Restaurante at Pizzeria. Best pizza pizza again on proper. Good stuff. No, Blaze isn't bad either, but Via Napoli, best pizza you're ever going to have on property. Number three, my personal favorite, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming at Disney Springs. I'll say this as a Southerner, it's the only place on site you can actually get sweet tea. <laughs> Funny how that even made the list of amusement park restaurants. I question that. <laughs> what, at Disney Springs? I mean, it's all amusement It's park, all though. Disney. Yeah, I hear you. Number five, Be Our Guest at the Magic Kingdom. Might be the most overrated of the restaurants yeah, on this list. Shocking. I mean, listen, my steak was very good. I, I had no problem with the food I got there, but yeah, I just five's kind of high. But you know, number seven, Boma flavors of Africa at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and that seems low. But again, <laughs> I I don't know. Number eight, the California Grill at the Contemporary Resort also seems kind of low. Uh, number ten, actually one of my favorite restaurants as well. The Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater Restaurant at Hollywood yeah. Studios. Yeah. I think you're paying. I think you're paying for the experience more than you're paying for the food. But okay, I'll 100 percent agree. Now I have a question on USA Today. That rag. Uh, how, what's their readership like? That this. That's these <laughs> six restaurants are the ones that are in the top ten. Well, Probably better yet, the, did Orlando. you notice that it was pretty much all the odd numbers were Disney? The only even numbers were at the bottom of the list. Yeah, so I gotta think that, and I, I haven't seen the list. I've gotta think that that one over in the Lost Continent and and Universal is probably number two. I oh, forget right. the name of it. Mythos, I think it is. That's got to be number two. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but do you have the list in front of you, Andrew? Not in front of me, but if I right try now. using my computer, it might not. No, I wouldn't. Well. No, no, your computer will blow up at the start over, and I don't worry about it. But I would I'm say Mythos. Second, I'm pulling probably, it up right now. I would say Mythos is probably in the top ten. People rave about that place. Yeah, I, I have. Uh, let's see. Well, like Jay pulls that up, Bob, why don't you share another one with us? Yeah, so apparently, if you see a meal but you don't want the sides, don't be afraid to say, no, 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 hold the sides. And again, all the research we've done, the price will be adjusted accordingly. Don't expect to get, you know, a 40 ounce porterhouse steak for $12 because you didn't get the mashed potato, but they will, in fact, give you a little something off the, off the price. Yeah, and I think this goes in to like with all the quick service stuff that comes with like a burger and fries, and you know it might not show the burger separate. It yeah. might only show burger and fries, and if you don't want the fries, you say no, I want just the burger, and they they should uh, adjust that price for yeah. you. All right, so actually that restaurant did not make it onto the top ten. Then this then this USA Today poll has no business existing. <laughs> <laughs> Number two was uh, Cesari's Pizza at Knobles or Nobles, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, Nobles. Okay. Yep. All right. And then number four was the, the Cowfish Sushi Burger Bar at Universal City Walk. Okay, oh. 
Like that can go to hell. Right? Okay. Number six, uh, Miss Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant at Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. Uh-huh. And right. number nine is a favorite of mine: the Three Broomsticks at Universal Studios Hollywood. Oh, oh great! That's what I was going to do with Three Broomsticks. Moving on. <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh. So, anyways, uh, some some last few ones here. Uh, if you ever stay in at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, or if you're going for a visit. Uh, they do offer free culinary tours. Now, I've never personally been on one, but um, I'm not sure exactly what it includes. But I believe it's kind of behind the scenes of the kitchens and and whatnot. So, so I want to say, so I think that couple of restaurants there, um, Chico, Boma, I think they both opened about four o'clock. So yep. I think what this is, I, I want to say, you can go between t- yeah, twelve and three. Somewhere in that neighborhood, and there's a set time, might be one o'clock. I, I'm not positive on the time. And you can kind of walk through the kitchen, and because they're so authentic, they give yep. you an idea of where they source the food from and, and wh- yeah. wh- you know what it is. So it's it's a pretty cool, cool concept. You I've never probably done see it. some of the sous chefs preparing and stuff. Yeah, you know, yep. and- yeah, I'm sure it's a pretty neat thing. And uh, how many things are free down there? <laughs> you know, that's another episode. Put that one down. Three things. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Get our secretary on that one. So um, one other thing to do is, is which I kind of took advantage of last time I was down there, is put your reservations kind of around the park hours. So, for example, I, I, I spoke about this once. If you book, for example, in Be Our Guest before Magic Kingdom opens, you kind of get a little early access to the park or you're at least closer to the, you know, to the ride. So when the rope drops, you can kind of be the first one on, even if it's one ride or maybe two. But uh, just a little hint, if you're going to have breakfast at BR Guest for a say, and the park opens at 9, rather than making it for 9, make it at like 8.15 or 8 o'clock if you can. Do yeah, the same thing easy. if you ever go to um, Tusker House Breakfast. It's yes. right there at the entrance to the safari. Yeah, another good yeah, one. I think the big thing with that is getting in early. You can sneak some some really mint choice photos in front Absolutely. of various icons. Yeah of the parks because the parks are fairly empty at that time so if you Absolutely. want that dream shot of you walking down main street waltz style by yourself with your hand in your pocket wearing a cardigan in 135 <laughs> degree i guess <laughs> but this is your opportunity to do it <laughs> one last thing to keep in mind is to make sure you whether or not you've got reserved seating for shows that they actually tack on to some of these meals for instance uh You've got some of them at California Grill. Well, sometimes if, you, if you're if you at the right time, you can get reserved seating for the fireworks show. show. Um, I'm not sure which restaurant does it, but you've got reserved seating for uh, Fantasmic over at yep. uh, Hollywood Studios. Yeah, if I you think go it's to- the Brown Derby and... Um, the Italian place. What's it called? Mama Melrose. Mama yeah. Melrose, uh, yep. And Hollywood and Vine do it as well. I yeah, was they all do Hollywood it. Vine. I wasn't uh, sure yep. enough yep. of myself to say it. So, and uh, there, there are it. some... That's right. ...dessert package parties for various right. things in... Uh, the Kitchen in Magic thing. Kingdom for Happily Ever After and stuff like that. So really, when you're booking reservations, it's actually an option. And they do sell out. I, I've noticed that... Yes, uh, they do. The, the more it's around the more likely it is to sell out. Uh, so I, I've noticed that when I went a couple of years ago, we did the Fantasmic dining package. It was great. Your seats were great for Fantasmic. But now it's it's a tough reservation to grab. So they did it for Illuminations, and obviously the, Illuminations will be leaving us soon. But yep. And the beauty with that, Bub, is it's not only do you have good seats, but 
you might get an extra 45 minutes of rides or something because you don't have to go stand there an hour early, you right. know? So it right. kinda, it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Well, for Fantasmic, that's absolutely true. I yeah. mean, Illuminations, I think Illuminations is best served. Illuminations, kinda. yeah. I River think, of Lights, I think those ones aren't as made of a deal. Meandering through the park uh, is beautiful. If you say to the outside of the pavilions, let me tell you, there's, uh, I'm going to be crushed. That would be the first time I cry on this podcast is the, the first night we go on after Illuminations closes because that <laughs> – that show is epic, and again, if you have the opportunity, you're down there, and you have the chance, I'd go to the Rose and Crown and get one of the the packages there. That's a great seat, or across the uh, across the lagoon over in Mexico would be the other place to go for oh. that. Well, that was another episode. Yep. So. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I uh, with that being now that kind of wraps up our uncensored tips, and now we're gonna move over to the actual Disney dining plan, kind of. Tell you all about it, some info about it, break down yeah. categories. So, Bob, lead us. Yeah. Away. So, this thing's a lightning rod for controversy. This dining plan. Um, any prices we give you going forward uh, in each of the seg- in each of the sections, those are the 2020 prices. Uh, right. The 2019 prices figured three or four bucks cheaper uh, per day per plan. Um, adults listed at ten and over. Uh, children three to nine, and obviously anyone, anyone under three is free. Uh, the food isn't free, but you don't have to get them a dining plan. Um, so the prices do include tax. Um, and again, for me, the, a shock that I found out about this was uh, one of my favorite hosts didn't necessarily make my best of list. Uh, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar uh, does not accept the Disney dining plan. So the, Disney, the, the dining plan is accepted, I would say, at probably 85% of the restaurants on property. Yeah, maybe and if you're, I agree. And, yeah, and if you're a pass holder, the the, the Disney um, the tables in Wonderland discount uh, is different than the dining plan, but that's accepted pretty much everywhere, including Jock Lindsay's. So what we've done in our research is figured out that pretty much if it's a quote unquote lounge or bar, um, it, it doesn't, uh, it's not included in the dining plan. My only problem with that is that Jock Lindsay's has one of the most esoteric, um, extensive food menus of any of these bars. And it's, it's, it's nope, no dining plan included. But uh, to me, though, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, let's get right into it. There's a few categories. We're going to start with the quick service dining plan, uh, which is two quick service meals, two snacks, and one of those very, very choice refillable mugs that i have 342 of in my house <laughs> and you get a new one every time you go yep. uh, that's that's 55 bucks per adult per day 26 dollars per child per day one thing to note there no table service restaurants are included yep. so this will be your breakfast at uh, the, the food court or or maybe um you know for instance just saying um, Casey's Corner Tavern over in uh, Magic yes. Kingdom. Yep. You can grab a hot dog there. That would be included there. So something, a, a good time, fairly affordable, but also fairly limited to what you can get. So, uh, Andrew, what do you got? Yeah, absolutely. So the next one is the regular dining plan, which I would say is probably the most common yeah. of, of most people. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what you kind of get if it's the free dining Yes. Um, uh, no. Meal plan. No, oh, no. No. It depends where you stay. So yes. Okay. Right. Right. The regular right. dining plan uh, for moderates and up, I believe. And if you stay at the values, you get the quick service. Right. Oh, okay. So I didn't so know there's that. another Good. reason to just take the room discount, but absolutely. Um. So 
what you get here is what Bubba alluded to is you get now the one table service meal, which is an upgrade of the quit service, which is definitely more of a sit down, nice, formal dining experience. Yep. Um, a lot of character dining ones, which we'll get into later. Um, you get one quit service meal, uh, two snats, one refillable mug, of course. And this one's going to run you a little bit pricier at $78.01 per adult per day. And about thirty-five fifty per child per day, right? Right. So again, the child is between three and nine. So can, this, this, I mean, this can add up, right? So let's say you have, you know, a family of four, two adults, you know, and you're going to go for what six days? It's probably a, a common one. It's going to cost you almost a thousand dollars, you know, for the actual adults. Plus, let's see here. Um. Another oh that's wrong. Times two times another three hundred and sixty. So yeah, you're talking about, you're talking about fourteen hundred dollars or so, give or take, if you had a family of four. Um now again, that includes all of your food, right? So it, you might add another thing here or there, but um and again, you know, I it's funny because Bob, you alluded to it earlier about talking to people and, and I was always on the, the page. You asked me a few months ago about the dining plan, we all knew my my answer was, no, it's a waste of money. It's there for Disney to make money, right? That was my Correct. answer. Right. But I think over our conversations, you know, we started a podcast in March, talking to a lot of people. People know you do a podcast. They ask you for advice. You talk to them that they're feeling. You do research. And, and I'm opening up now about it and that it is very unique to every single person's situation. Absolutely. I don't think any three of us can sit here and tell you, it's not worth it. It's not worth the money. You're going to pay more. And and I can't tell you the other way either that if, you know, either way. But I think the point is, is you really need to evaluate what your plan is. Um, I, I heard several people say that they like to pay it um, and finance it right three months ahead right. of time or they can pay it when they get back from their trip, whatever way you want to look at it. But um, though I, I, I am opening up about it for me personally. It, it, I, it, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it, but again, it doesn't mean that it's not for the right people. So I, I have I, a feeling once your kids get a little bit older that that will actually change a little bit. Maybe it won't, but especially once they get into those preteen and teenage years, it will show its value very quickly. Yeah. I, and the big thing with me for it is, right, is, you know, you almost feel hand your hands are tied a tiny bit and maybe again this is my point of view but if i'm sitting at a restaurant and i want to have one two or three you know alcoholic drinks you know i'm saying to myself well you know maybe one of them is going to be on my my plan but the next two won't be but yet if i go to soda it would have been covered and then it's like well do you want a dessert it comes with the meal maybe i really shouldn't have eaten that dessert or maybe i have to well it's going to count as an extra snack and so it to me, it's it's just another additive layer that we've talked about in the past about Disney's plan, 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 organize, organize. And you know me, I'm the organized king. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice not to have to worry about that. Um, so quick, quick funny thing was is when I went in, in, in May, I came back and all that talk about the dining plan. I said, you know what? Let me see if I did the dining plan, what would have been more money? So I added up. You know, you get an itemized receipt right, emailed to you, right? So I added up all my costs for food, and I compared it to what the cost of the dining plan would have been. So what it came out to be was I had, 20, you know, this is, again, over four people. 
22 Twitch services, I had 21 table services, and I ate 23 snats. So it cost me $1,477. Now, if I went with the dining plan, it would have been a little over $200 cheaper. It would have been $1,250-ish. Now, I used one extra Twitch service meal, so you kind of have to subtract that. Um, but I also used... 19 less snats than I would have used if I had the dining plan. Um, so you look at that two ways. Is We've talked about it in the past. The snats is definitely one of those is that you get a lot. You know, family of four, you're getting eight snats a day. And I'm sure Jason will tell you right now that, you know, with, with two older teenagers, you go through those quick, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> Without a doubt. So again, would I have saved the money here? It's hard to say. I, I think it would have broke even, about. Um, but again, that's again, it's me. I, and I and I wouldn't have used those. Maybe I would have used those snacks. I would have gotten more drinks and 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 you know, would have brought some candy home. But um, but yeah, that, again, I'm opened up about it. I kind of have a different opinion, a different outlook on it. Um, it's a good thing. Again, I'll always say it. Right, Disney's making money off of it. But it but doesn't. Is there anything that, they're not making money off of? Really, truly, not. Absolutely not. So. Um, yeah, so that's the right of the dining plan. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I wanted to kind of express how I felt. Uh, Jay, uh, why didn't you move on to the next one? Yeah, sure. The, so the next one is the deluxe dining plan, which, side note, we've done this. We did this, I think, the first trip we took after we got married. So, you know, this absolutely, you are getting way more food with this than you really can eat because you're getting three table services. Two snacks, one mug at about 119 per adult per day, or 47.50 per child per day. And like I said, you are getting three table services. At that point in time, we like I said, we were kind of green because every time me and my family went, my parents did it all, and my wife actually planned this first one. So she got the deluxe dining. We had at least two, sometimes even three table services a day. That really took a big, excuse the pun, a big bite out of the time we had in the parks. And it was a lot of food. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, once again, it's a personal preference on what you prefer. Yeah, like I, I agree. And, and the key with that one is we'll get to in a minute. But if you do like to do the signature dine-ins, right, Jay, that, I mean, those, those are two credits each. And those right. go, those will add up quick. Oh, yeah. So the three meals, you know, you should take advantage of that. And that's the key that we haven't really mentioned. But with the dining plan, the table service meal is very important where if you want the best deal and money out of it, you need to look at where you're booking your table services, right? Because if you go to a character dining, you could save, you know, it could be a, a $70 per person meal. Exactly. So right then and there, if you did that for the right of the dining plan, you're almost that's how much you would have spent for the entire day. Yet you're exactly. still getting a quit service and, a, and two snacks. So I agree. If you use the bread of the dining plan or any of the dining plans smartly, you can really capitalize in those sure. signature dining, character dining. I mean, yeah, you could you could legitimately go to a character dining meal every day, whether breakfast or or dinner or lunch. Right. You know, that, and, and that's typically what we'll do is we'll get the the uh, regular dining plan and we'll have at least one character meal every night. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely how you, you're smart and, 
beating the system. Uh, but all right, um, Bob, you have anything else you want to add to the the dining plans? I know you've used it a few times. Or well, I think you guys covered it in the interest of brevity and us not fighting about it. I think <laughs> you guys did a lovely job explaining the dining plan. And all right, I have my thoughts on it and think that you're going to manipulate the numbers any way you want. Not you personally, but oh, yeah, if yeah. you look at it and say you didn't use these snacks, we didn't eat those snacks anyway. So you still would have saved 200 bucks. You can't look at it as a per-item thing. Absolutely so, not. So, so my argument with that is, is that if you're going to go ahead and say you would have saved 200 bucks, but you wouldn't have used all the snacks, well, it's not like you went and bought those snacks anyway. Because if you had bought all of those snacks, you would have saved 400 bucks over oh, yeah, the no, court, yeah. you know. What I'm, so it's all relative, and again, it really is such a case by case basis. I think we've had right. the conversation no, before, I'm, but I'm saying I spent where two hundred dollars more. Yes, I, I know that's what I just said. No, yeah. we're not doing this again. What I'm saying is, is <laughs> when you say that you saved two hundred bucks, or you would have saved two hundred bucks, but you would have had all the credits left. Yep. Ultimately, you can turn that into like the candy, the goofy candy company snacks and stuff, and bring right. them home. But again, if you were to buy those snacks, which again, that's a lot of food that you're going to be consuming. Again, long yeah. story short, the longer you go, I really feel the better off you're going to be getting the dining plan. I think if you're there for I three agree. or four nights, it's not worth it. But right. if you went for a full week or a little longer, especially those, those people coming over from overseas, this is a great way to do it. And you're going to know Disney's coming out on top in some way, most of the time. But I, I think it's a good investment if you look at it in a way that is relevant to your trip, exactly. if you're not a big foodie, then it's no big deal. It is what it is. Don't get it. Uh, no. but you're right. You're not going to go, you know, to, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. You're not going to go get a hamburger and fries for lunch at rainforest cafe. And then, Oh, I'll use my dining plan. You're not going to, you're not going to uh, produce the value in the dining plan. Right. If you go to yeah. those places. Cause the, so, Agree. Now, really quick, you guys know better than me. So, if you have quick service meals at the end of your trip, those can be converted. Is that how that works? They can be converted into three snacks, I believe it is. Yes, and it's something to that effect. I'll be honest with you. To get the exact numbers, there's an odd formula they have, but right. But ultimately, I will say, if you fly out of MCO, make sure you have all of your food in an accessible place <laughs> because they make you take all the food out of your bag through the scary line so check your badge is what you're saying <laughs> yeah yes check your food at the gate please thank you yeah. and the same thing with table service they often be converted but at the end of the day you're not gonna get money back if you have so many credits left so correct uh, and we actually asked about you know throwing them someone else's way if we could transfer it. okay and and i i believe the answer was no but it was more of a hmm that's a good idea we don't necessarily we don't do it now so maybe it's something they'll change in the future where like let's say uh you made friends at the pool and you said hey they're they're coming in but we're leaving you throw them three credits that's three meals not to worry about them you already paid for it so i don't know why they wouldn't let you do it but you know at the end of the day it's attached to your room and it's a part of your folio that andrew referred to where they give you the itemized receipt so again good stuff dining plan is a dining plan i realize there's two schools of thought you either use a dining plan or you don't use the dining plan. That's it. So yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I got for you that's on that. It. All right, good. We made it through it. Um, so now what we're going to do is talk about those same types of 
um, dining experience, whether it's snacks, quick service, table service, character dining, or signature dining. And we're going to list our favorites. Um, doesn't necessarily have to mean we've been there or we, we it's our regular. It's something that we find intriguing that we think is maybe a, a must-do, a must-see, or again, uh, whatever we feel. So the first one we're going to lead off with is uh, snats. So what our personal favorite snats are. And I'm going to start off by saying Dole Whip uh, is definitely one of my go-to refreshing snacks that's delicious. And what I like about it is is that you can't really get it anywhere else. So it makes me, you know, feel like unique when I get to Disney that, yes, it's, you know, having something that I don't really ever get anywhere else. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably going to be my my. Actually, pick. didn't they have a Dole Whip flavor at like Menchie's or Sweet Frog just recently? Where? Menchie's yeah. or Dole Whip or uh, Sweet Frog. I can't remember which it was. Yeah, they may have. I don't know that it's the same um, yeah. formula. Probably not. But it's, it's never it's, the same. It's pineapple soft serve, guys. Yeah, and then they actually did call it Disney Dole Whip or something like that. Something to, or maybe it was... Uh, Oh crap! I uh, Del Monte Dole Whip or something. Oh yes. But yeah. let's be honest, Andrew's right. You're walking around Adventureland and you got a Dole Whip or the orange one there that I yep right particularly like. Nothing beats good stuff when it's 347 uh, degrees in that corner of the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I hear you. So my favorite would probably be the Goofy Glacier. Um, oh. <laughs> Maybe it's the uh, the fact that we love icy drinks because we are from the the wonderful hot south and we drink a lot of those types of drinks anyways. But I just love going and getting the Goofy Glacier myself. Absolutely. Now Andrew's very excited about the recent additions to the oh, Goofy yes. Glaciers. We had a couple <laughs> of episodes. You can now add alcohol to the Goofy Glaciers. So absolutely, and the free that's, samples. Yeah. You gotta love the free samples. I mean, there's so that's, many flavors. It's you know fun to pick one. Now, are they going to give you free samples of the alcohol ones? Because that would be brilliant. <laughs> 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 now, that, uh, I'm going to go very... Business. Yes. So I am tempted because, you know, you can go churro or turkey leg or, or Mickey Mouse premium ice cream bar. I have to give you some free ones there. Um, mine is Mickey pretzels, though. I mean, I consume those things they're, like they're going out of style when I'm there. I walk into the Good. park, pretzel stand, walk down Main Street, eat it. Get the pre- get the pretzel stand next to the castle. Walk into Liberty Square, eat the pretzel, get another one. It, Mickey pretzels. I live on Mickey pretzels when I, I'm down there. You know, Bob, I will say there's nothing like a soft pretzel to like hold you over for like an hour or two no, before brilliant. you go. It it really is one of the best like hold me over snacks. I agree yep. with that. Uh, churros are great too, and turkey legs are a meal in and of themselves. Yeah, that's a whole. The Mickey story. pretzel is fantastic. I'm a big Mickey pretzel supporter, so. And I think we'd have to at least, um, you know, mention the popcorn. I think everyone likes the popcorn with the with the with the deal for the two dollar refills and the unique right. buckets, which make it always, you know, oh, what bucket is going on? You know, what are the what's the the theme that they're advertising right now and stuff like that? So the right. popcorn's always a great little munchie that you can always get the oh. refill and snack on. Yes. Something everybody will eat. Yep. Yes. So let's go now. That's snacks. Pretty straightforward. You get two snacks per dining plan. Now we're going to go to the quick service. Just as it sounds, cafeteria set up most of the time uh, where you seat yourself. But you, but I wouldn't sleep on the counter service restaurants or the commissaries, quote unquote, because some of the best meals you have are at these places. I mean, because yes. it, it, it's I don't want to say it's rep, it's repetition, 
but they just do it all day and they just yeah. do it and they're pumping it out and it's repetition and it's there. I like them. I love them. You know, no reservations needed with the exception of BR guest, which is open to interpretation. Um, Andrew, I think you can speak to that. Yes. Uh, better than Jay or myself, Ken. You went for, I want to say, breakfast this last trip. I, I did. Um, yeah, you know, I think but me and you feel a little bit the same about Be Our Guest. It, it's it's beautiful. Um, I, I was underwhelmed for whatever reason. I, I can't put my, you know, put a finger on it. I think we talked about it a little bit in the past about how the the three rooms were kind of odd choices, right? You had the ballroom, which is cool. You have the the, the West Wing, which is cool. Yeah, it's the garden that's the issue. Should have been a library. Let's be honest. Right? Yeah, it, it, it was odd. I mean, it's cool with the the theme of they bring the food over on like the the tray or the food carts, whatever right. you want to call them, and you know they serve it to you that way. And again, I went for breakfast. The food was mediocre. No, I feel like it was nowhere else I could have gotten breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't do it again. I will say that when I went for dinner, which is a different situation, it's not quick service for dinner. Right. It's a prefix now. I went when they had a full menu, and you can pick what you wanted. Uh, right now, it's prefix. You pick one appetizer, one main course, and then one for a set price. But right when I went, I got to tell you, the steak was great. I had no problem. I mean, the steak I had was, was excellent. The great stuff was, in fact, delicious. <laughs> it and, is. Uh, it is amazing. So for me, but th- what comes to mind there? on this is that you know you do need reservations for breakfast and lunch at be our guests which is very rare for the quick service places right. not all of them do offer right. uh, and keep in mind that at the resorts these are all your food and uh, various stands uh, throughout the the food area of your resorts so with that in mind i yep. will say that uh i'm going to lead us off with everything pop at pop century is is my <laughs> is my favorite quick service destination? You're saying, you know, you get all these options. You could for me, uh, the valued resorts normally have much better uh, food courts than the other uh, other resorts, if only because I think they're tailored towards uh, a family clientele, so right. they make it a little bit more accessible, a little more kid friendly. And uh, for guys with like me that uh, survive on pretzels and cocoa puffs, the <laughs> limited palate uh, is very good. It's a much less, much less challenging for uh, somebody who just wants a burger and fries or chicken and fries or a pizza. And, and everything pop, with the exception I've never eaten at the uh, the one at Art of Animation. So I can't speak to that, yeah. but I hear great things. But oh, yeah, everything, pop, uh, everything pop, though, for me, is in terms of food courts, theming, uh, everything, number I, one I for me. You know what it popped to is, and I remember a long time ago when I've eaten there, you, there's almost everything on the menu that you like that you're used to, you're familiar with, and it's not against any of these other places, right? But you stay at any of like the Port Orleans, or even when I stayed at the Caribbean, you have that flair of food themed after the restaurant, right? So Correct. it's very specific, and especially if you have kids or you are picky eaters, you know, you might not want a Caribbean rice bowl because that's not what you like or you've never had it. You're not used to well, that. I certainly wouldn't want it. Well, they, they do have regular, you know, they, burgers and stuff. They in these places. do they just have a little bit more flair. And it's not as many options though. as something like pop. Right. Where it, it's all of that. Right. So you have the hot dogs, you have the hamburgers, 
you have a chicken sandwich, you have a wrap. It's it's it's. I hate to say American food, but that's what it is. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, say when we stayed at Port Orleans Riverside this past trip in December. Uh, great stuff because i don't mind a little spice or a little flavoring yep uh, and i'll tell you they do a lot of cajun stuff yes uh, at, oh, yeah, at one yeah. of the stands at riverside and i'll tell you the stuff coming out of that kitchen looked incredible i didn't have any of it i didn't have the jambalaya down down the river but the stuff looked great so whatever they're doing there keep it up because I, I will honorable mention i guess for uh the, the riverside mill uh food court so no um so my favorite we're gonna go to a, a a counter service in and i've talked about this multiple times and props to my brother for introducing me to this but sleepy hollow over at the magic kingdom which is they serve um all meals breakfast lunch and dinner they do have special desserts at the villains after hours event which is a ticketed event so a lot of these places let's i want to talk about that briefly is a lot of these quit service or counter service options if you do go from a different time of the year for example right now fourth of july they may have a special fourth of july dessert or dish right that goes throughout all the parts and and all the different holidays you know easter christmas fourth of july whatever it might be lion king right so with right now the lion king there's a ton of lion king desserts around animal kingdom um so always look those up, too, if you're interested to try something that you've definitely never tried before. Aladdin, they did a bunch of Aladdin stuff when they came out. Yep. Um, but again, I'm gonna, my, my personal favorite at Sleepy Hollow is the sweet and spicy chicken sandwich, which comes on a, a waffle. It's absolutely delicious. It has the perfect amount of spice, and the, the, the coleslaw in there gives it that extra little counter it. Uh, but yeah, they have all sorts of other stuff. Well, they have, I they can't have... wait to go back. The, I, oh. the last time we went, which was just me and my wife back in March, I had just picked up a small something to eat, and we walked past that sweet and spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, oh I regretted what I had already. I was like, oh, I want that. If we so go in January, we'll get one. Trip. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, they also have everyday stuff too, like corn dogs, Mickey waffles, funnel cakes, etc. So um, they have some other stuff as well. But they're definitely known for their their chicken sandwich. Right. So you spoke about some of the uh, the special meals you get at different parties. And I'll just go ahead and say this because this is one of them that was my favorite. We, last time we went to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Christmas, or uh, good Lord, Not-So-Scary Halloween party, my favorite thing they had, which was one of their special meals, was the Hades nachos. Essentially, it was tortilla chips with buffalo chicken and cheese and your choice of um, additions from the toppings bar. I just took it as is with the black bean tortilla chips, the buffalo chicken, and the cheese. Absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorites. Listen, don't get no argument from me. I'm a big Hades supporter. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So uh, talking about favorite breakfast, I would honestly say, and I know you guys kind of were not a huge fan, but I like Be Our Guest's breakfast. To be fair, I I was a fan of Be Our Guest, but Andrew, I'm not sure, was a big fan of it, but... Well, I mean, in all you know, honesty, I mean, I'm not a big breakfast person. Okay. As long as I've got eggs, sausage, and you know, either biscuits or pancakes, I'm satisfied. Most days I don't eat breakfast, so it's kind of a you know, it's it's almost like a treat for me when we go down there. And we actually get breakfast, but that's one of my favorite places for for breakfast. And pretty much anywhere, you're going to get a lot of the same stuff, but. It's all good. I'm a big burger guy, and my wife loves the chicken nuggets there. She, it's probably her favorite place to get chicken nuggets. But, I mean, 
it's it's like you said it's it's your own taste and i tend to be a little bit more picky than a lot of people so i'm satisfied with just a burger and fries most of the time oh yeah me too that's why i went uh, food court with this option uh, right and i will say one th- one of but, the uh, other things that they have at the food court at most of the resorts one of my favorite things to order is the make your own pasta that makes sense yeah yep that's a good good option and it's it, i don't want to say it's healthier uh, it's, right it's the pasta but, but but then again you're going to be doing uh, a lot of walking you, most days it makes you feel better it makes you feel better right you know, exactly fries <laughs> you know so I, I guess we can go with that you know yep, uh, that but works. that pretty much rounds out the quick service stuff again it, it's these are our favorites. We wouldn't necessarily. I would never ever tell you that Everything Pop is the best place to get a quick service meal. But for me, it's certainly my favorite place to right. get one. Uh, Casey's was an honorable. Absolutely, we've Casey's talked about in the past. If you want a hot dog, there's no bet. Well, no, they did move the foot long down to Cosmic Rays, but right. That's a, that's another conversation for another. I thought day. they moved it back. No, did they? I didn't I, think they moved. I, I didn't not. see them move. No, I thought so, but. Anyway, I think we're going to head over now. Now, Jay, you want to talk a little bit about the most whimsical way to dine on property. Absolutely. That would be the character dining. Nothing quite as magical as seeing your kid's face light up when they finally get to meet that one Disney character in person. And that's the beauty of the character dining is you don't have to wait in long lines to take advantage of this. They come to you while you're eating. Now, that also begs the to question... Is this going to happen while you're eating? More than likely, there's going to be at least one point when a character comes over and you just put a big old mouth, a mouthful of food in. <laughs> it happens to us all. Oh, yeah. But it's it's perfectly all right. They understand that. They'll take a minute and wait for you to, to do what you need to. Give your kids some hugs. Take some photo opportunities. And like we said, you don't have to wait in line. They come to you while you're eating. And it's, it's, it's a great way to meet characters. Yeah, double, definitely double-edged sword here as well where... You know, for example, if you go somewhere that has princesses or whatever, it just means you don't have to go wait in line at the parts to see them. You know, right. so you're removing yourself from attractions that you no longer have to see because you're doing it here. Right. Um, so my so I guess now we're going to move on to some of our favorite of these dining, these character dinings. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, so my, my personal favorite is um, we're heading over to the Storybook Dining at the Artist Point. Um, over at the Wilderness Lodge. And uh, the characters there you'll see is Snow White, um, the Evil Queen, Dopey, and Grumpy. Which really are the only places that you can really see the, the Queen, Dopey, and Grumpy aside from any other you know event, right? I mean, I don't, Dopey and Grumpy aren't that common. Um, no, they are not. But they In are... fact, I think the Seven Dwarfs are only party characters i'd have to do research but i don't know that you can meet dopey and grumpy anywhere else except for storybook dining and then at the parties i know that all seven yep. of them come yes. out so i don't i don't know you could be on to something there i don't know that they're available any other time yep. evil yeah. queen definitely uh, but right. now they do have very unique food here so call it earthy food dare i say um, but what i like about here is that it's definitely themed so the themed names like hunter's pie uh the brothers grim uh, miners, treasure, poison apple, stuff like that. And the cool thing is, is at the end of the meal, they'll bring you the hunter's gift to the queen, they call it. It comes in a box, and it's, of course, what we're talking about is Snow White's, you know, heart. It comes in the box, uh, but it's, you know, a ganache heart, 
um, with crackled maple popcorn and pretty cool. Like I said, I love the theming around the whole thing. Um, and it's just a quite fun, unique experience. You know that the Huntsman did not bring Snow White's heart to he the Queen. It was <laughs> a pig's heart. It was supposed to be. It was a pig's heart. That's right. Well, obviously, with Snow White, the movie would have ended pretty early. <laughs> Correct. I just wanted to make sure you've seen the whole thing. It's it is fairly <laughs> magical. It is magical, but it's not uh, that quite. It's not that magical. So ninety year old movie. Uh, we don't want to spoil alert here, but uh, yeah. hashtag five years, whatever, whatever it is. Was it nineteen thirty three? So I, my favorite of the uh, character dinings is, honestly, it's going to be Chef Mickey's. It's one that we always make sure to go to, typically on one of the last nights we're there. That way we've got a good meal and characters right before we get ready to leave. It's not exactly the, the shall we say, the most cultured of meals. But- oh, no. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's definitely got good food it's just a little bit of everything it's a grab bag of pretty much everything a kid would enjoy and you get to meet the uh the main characters your mickey minnie goofy and donald and they're in their chef costumes that's right yes yeah that's so no that's a good pick that's a must do for my family as well that would have been my number two uh that would have been my honorable mention anyway for the the character dinings. Um, it's a place we've talked about before. Uh, my, uh, for character dining, it is going to be, we're going to go over to the magic kingdom. We're going to hop the monorail from chef Mickey's. We're going to head over to the crystal palace with, and we're going to eat with uh, Pooh because my family loves Pooh, And Andrew <laughs> will tell you that at uh, least they're not yeah. flinging Pooh. That is not flinging Pooh, Right. So Pooh, Tigger, Piglet, New York. And I don't know if it's at, I don't know, man, but there's something about the colors on the costumes of, of Pooh, Piglet, and Tigger, Eeyore, not so much. He's he's gray, but they're so bright and colorful, and I just feel like those characters, it's more about the characters. Similar to what Jay said about Chef Mickey's, I know what I'm getting into with the food at Crystal Palace. It, it's actually a very good carving station every time we've been, and we go every time we go, so... The carving station's always been good to me there. Uh, again, the fresh fruits always look great. I mean, it's it, it's a nice setup. You get two sides for each of the for one side each for for each side of the restaurant. Uh, the kids station is excellent for the kids. You get the the chicken nuggets, the fries, mm-hmm. you get the fruit option. Uh, and again, for me, the ice cream station here is out of this world good. <laughs> and, and Chef Mickey's is Chef Mickey's the same way, a, a great dessert station. Absolutely. But for me, it's more about the character and the characters at the Crystal Palace and at Chef Mickey's seem to be great at what they do. Right. Uh, Pooh, Tigger, Piglet, you know, you can't say enough good things about them. I'd say an honorable mention here, if you want to go food quality would be Hollywood and Vine. It's it's probably right. the yes. best I probably agree. the best buffet meal I've ever had on, on property yep. or not on property. And the characters, and the characters right? are great too. Uh, but again I like the idea of going to see Pooh and Tigger and Piglet and you know my kids love the Hundred Acre Wood and that the, the Winnie the Pooh stories. So if for us it, it's kind of a must do and and I mean I, I would say again similar to what we said about the the uh, the the quick service places maybe not being the best 
uh, food wise. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say it's the best food wise, but experience wise for me and my family, Crystal Palace has always been a uh, a must do when we go. So absolutely can't miss it. Um, so that's gonna wrap up our character dining, and we're gonna move over to the table service dining, which is your traditional sit down restaurant. Uh, most of these will require a reservation uh, due to the nature of them you know, being popular and busy. Um, and again, these are going to go back to giving you one table credit that we talked about earlier in your dining plan, right? So um, the first one here we're going to talk about is my personal favorite is he- heading on over to Disney Springs, a uh, somewhat newer restaurant, I guess you could say. Um, it's called The Edison and the Edison is uh, a, a lavish industrial gothic themed restaurant and entertainment venue. So it has very unique entertainment along with their their um, their restaurant. So it's set in an abandoned power plant. Uh, it has tons of patios that face uh, that that face Lake Buena Vista. Um, it also features classic American cuisine. Um, you know, states. Uh, it has something called the Edison Burger, if I, I, I remember, and it's supposed to be this you know, epic burger. Um, so all types of everyday type time and food. Um, it has signature handcrafted cocktails, uh, three bars located throughout the multi-level space. It is family friendly, um, both dining and entertainment um, for for lunch and dinner. However, um, after ten o'clock, uh, specifically on Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays. I don't want to say a nightclub. I don't know if that's the right word, Bob. But no, it's as close to what Pleasure Island used to be. Yeah. It, with so it, the entertainment, the DJs, the live performers. Yep. Uh, it, it becomes a 21 plus, right? So yep. it's it's definitely something that it's you want to go maybe have like a, an appetizer and a, and a cocktail. And not only people watch, but you have your entertainment value, like what Bob just mentioned. So it's definitely a cool place to go. Uh, non-kids, but yet if you are on a vacation with your kids, it's definitely a place you should still go for lunch or dinner. Um, so yeah, that, that that's my pitch. It's, it, it's, it's a multi-purpose, and that's what I like about it. It has the food, entertainment, and um, you can go there with families, or if you want like a really cool bar at nighttime to go to. Now, I will say, this place is kind of popular for doing all types of parties, right? So they do like that. I know last year they did a big Halloween party. I think it was themed after Nightmare Before Christmas. They do different types of weird Christmas parties, and it, it, it's a yeah, unique... I believe New Year's they did a Great Gatsby themed party. Yes, like they, they go did. all out. Yes, uh, I think I've I seen them do like say, murder mysteries before. I would see this place very quickly becoming a signature dining experience, and it'll be two Absolutely. credits before you know it. You know, and I'm surprised it's not, especially with the entertainment value, right? Yeah, um, it's not just the food, but yeah, I, right. I, I'm surprised it's only one credit. I, I would I see it becoming a signature dining though within the next year. I would say if it if it sustains its popularity, we'll yes. say jump on that while you can, folks. But, right. All right. Well, my favorite pick, uh, I kind of got two because I have two favorites here. Whispering Canyon Cafe is absolutely one of my my favorite places to go. If nothing else, because they have what's considered their skillet meal, which is uh, you could say it's a uh, family style buffet where they bring something out to the table and you just pick from there. And if it starts getting low, they bring out another one. But they call it the skillet. They bring out this giant iron skillet with 
maple chipotle barbecue, slow smoked pork ribs, barbecue pulled pork, citrus herb chicken, mashed yukon potatoes, buttered corn, charred carrots, roasted pepper, sautéed greens, and a couple other vegetables in there. But I'm very much a meat and potatoes kind of guy, so as long as I've got the meat and the potatoes, it's a great night, and there's a great selection of meat there. My other favorite would be Chef Art Smith's Homecoming because it's just sit down, down home Southern cooking. I mean, you can't get better, much better than cheddar drop biscuits and fried chicken, and it is great fried chicken. Yeah, Jay, you've been trumpeting Art Smith's Homecoming forever, as long as I've known you, which is only about six months. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but you've been telling us for months that we got to go here. It's this great place. I, I mean, and you're, you're not the only person. No, you're not. I mean, it's one of those that this is it's one of those. what, like, number three on the, the USA yeah. Today list? Well, yeah, again, we've talked about that rag, okay? <laughs> they, they don't have a readership. It's, it's a dying breed, okay? The USA Today, <laughs> I actually have a roll of it. In my, never mind. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but a lot of people that I talk to and a lot of podcasts I listen to do rave about homecoming as one of the, uh, I won't say low key places, but like underrated in terms of how good absolutely it legitimately is. So that's a, that's a good honorable mention. Um, I'm cheating on this a little bit, boys. I'm sorry. I went with the signature dining experience here, but it's still table service. Um, but it was just a cheap way for me to kind of get two signature dining places on these lists. Um, so I'm going to Boathouse. I mean, how? Choice. I, I mean, amazing. Listen, I mean, how it, do you not have it on the it's list? Probably the best restaurant on property, give or take. Which again, that's why I can't take the USA Today seriously. But <laughs> again, they have five cuts of steak to choose from. You get the fillet, uh, porterhouse. Like, um, you got. Um, the ribeye, a couple others. I'm forgetting. I'll New start York my head strip, here. Sure. Yeah, the strip. Yep. But uh, but really, the steaks. You can get steaks. The steaks very good. <clears throat> Pardon the expression. A boatload of seafood options. <laughs> I myself not a seafood guy, but Andrew, I think you could get down with some stuff at this place. Oh yeah. Uh, the sandwiches are everything about this restaurant. The decor. It's. It's classy, but it's whimsical, if that makes any sense. Yep. Like, True. everything's done with, like, the teak boats and stuff inside. And it, now, I, it's it, it's and not I'm, slap you in the face steaming, though. It's it's no, very, right. it's kind of elegant in a way, if if you're into that, that type of theming. It and is, I'm, I it, for me, though, best restaurant on property. And I'm embarrassed to admit, I, I, I've been for some cocktails, but I haven't been to eat, like, a nice dinner. And this is my like top of the line. I need to go there, Jay. We need to go there. Um, yes. So absolutely. That's that's like on my list. Right. And again, keep in mind though, two and that's what I was saying about the Edison. I'm not sure that the boathouse was always two credits. I'd have to go back and take a look, but they made it two credits. I believe uh, that they did at some point because I know originally we went there not long after it opened, and the only right. re- two credits was the I don't know. I can't. I, th- I want to say it was a twenty-eight or a 36 ounce steak, mm-hmm. and that was two credits. But everything else was just the one. Right. But so now it's a blanket two table service credit uh, on the dining plan. But it will be worth it. Let me tell you. I believe going back, it's listed on uh, America's Night Out that uh, national poll they did 
as a, a top restaurant to go to for uh, an, a, a big night out. It's not cheap either. No. I will say that. And actually, we should clarify everything on this list. None of these places are really necessarily what we would say as cheap restaurants. No. Right. Um, no. Uh, going right from Andrew, the Edison is not cheap. Um, uh, Whispering Canyon, I think, is probably the most affordable. And even that's probably. not cheap. And uh, a homecoming, I think it depends on what you get. But right. I, none of these restaurants are necessarily cheap. Uh, and I would say all of them are, we picked some, these are home runs, these picks. Yes. Uh, in terms of theming and in terms of quality of food, guys, let's take a, let's take a celebratory lap because this was, this was good picking for table service. You can't yes, go sir. wrong with any of these places. Agreed. But, but now, now we're going into the heavy hitters. Okay. I was torn here. We're doing signature dining next. That's, it's tough to really quantify what signature dining is. Uh, you'll see in a second that we all went different places yes. with the signature dining. There's one, uh, we're not talking about it tonight, and I think we maybe will do a spotlight on it at a different point in time. Uh, Victoria and Albert's is probably the creme de la creme of signature restaurants. And, and, and very, I think that's why we didn't pick it, Bob. We'll probably right. never eat there. <laughs> I, right. I, personally, the menu, not in the way that Flying Fish changes, but the menu, if you get the chef's table, is tailored to that specific day. It, it's elegant. It's lovely. If I was going with my wife for a 10th anniversary and steak was an option, maybe I'd. But there's so much involved with it. We, we kind of wanted to give it its own time. So we're not not picking victoria and alberts we're just not going to talk about victoria and alberts right. tonight um right. but that is probably the one that started this whole signature dining craze if we're being honest um so jay you know what let's defer to you this time what, what do you got for the signature dining okay so you, i know i put this down and i'm i'm looking at it and i'm not exactly sure if it's still cons if it is considered signature uh, dinner is if you're going dinner okay. dinner still is yes okay so okay i was right on it so it's one of our favorite places to go once again it's one of the places we try to go every time we're there ohana over at the polynesian resort mm -hmm. this is a um once again it's a it's a signature dining what they do is they they bring out your appetizer, which is fried chicken wings. Uh, I'm sorry, not fried, grilled chicken wings with noodles, vegetables, and uh, they just bring a, a big plate of that out. You pick what you want, pull it off. It's got pot stickers on there as well. And the main course, they actually have big, I want to say four-foot-long skewers, and they bring the skewers out, and you've, you've got either shrimp, chicken, or beef, and they'll come by individually at different times with the different skewers with each of those on there, and you just pick which one you want, how many cuts of, of each that you want as they come around, and they'll just pull that off and put it on your plate, mix that in with the pot stickers and the noodles and everything, and it's just an amazing deal. So, so Jay, I, I'm just going to – I think next time it might be easier for you to tell us what's not on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so good stuff. Ohana is is only signature dining for dinner at press time, and uh, breakfast. Though I hear nothing but good things about Ohana for breakfast as well. So, so really a, a great, great restaurant. And again, one of those a little off the beaten path because it's at a it's at a resort, 
and, and I think, uh, well, Andrew d- done ruined that for everybody. Um, we should mention Victoria <laughs> and Albert's is also at a resort. A lot of the signature dining, for the most part, takes place at Epcot um, and at the resorts and at Disney Springs. Andrew, though, is going to put a gaping hole in that theory right now yeah. uh, with his so, so I've talked about it in the past, and I'm talking about Cinderella's Royal Table. And, you know, is it the best restaurant on property? By by no means is it, is it not. And I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. If you have the dining plan, don't go here. Because it's going to cost you two two credits. And you it, may not even get a reservation for it. You might not. It's it's very, very hard. Um, I, I did go. I have been. And I will say, depending on the time of the year, and this is every restaurant with, with, with these types of things, the pricing changes so drastically. But for me, when I went for a family of four, we originally had reservations for like a late breakfast. I think it was like 10, 10-ish or 10-something. And it was going to cost us $190 for the four of us. And we decided to look into the dinner. We're like, that's a lot of money for breakfast, you know? So we said, well, how much would dinner be? And it was only $40 more. So it was $230. So we said, well, you know what? For 40 bucks, let's do dinner. We'll enjoy it more. Um, so, so my point is, 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 is that's a good example of you got to really look at the dining plan and see how many credits you're using and what you're getting for your value. Now, again, the food is decent. Um, you, you're paying the signature because you're eating inside uh, Cinderella's castle, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that, that's what you're paying for. Um, it, it's fun. I'm glad I did it. It's once in a lifetime experience. If you have the opportunity, like Bubba said, it's very hard to get reservations. You should 100% do it. Um, you'll get to see the princesses. So again, you don't have to wait for them later on. Um, the food, I would say, on par to on average, maybe a little above average. Um, surprisingly, my daughter loved. They have build a cupcake. So for a dessert menu for the kids. Um, they give you like a, a, a raw bone cupcake and they give you the frosting and the sprinkles and fondant and different things to put on it. And, and it's, it's kind of cool. She thought it was the coolest thing and ate the entire cupcake. Um, another cool thing is this is the only place in Magic Kingdom where you can really buy alcohol. So if you're craving a beverage, uh, you got to come here to get one. Um, but yeah, at the, like I said, it, it's, it's a fun place. Definitely... Everybody should try to do it at least once in their lifetime, but don't expect it to be on par with something like we've mentioned, like the boathouse or things like that as far as food goes. So what about um, you, Bob? Uh, For me, uh, I'm going to go where no man has gone before. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, no man has gone there tonight. I'm going to go to Jico, the cooking place at the Animal Kingdom. Opens about 4 o'clock every day, so it's one of those dinner-onlys. I will say there is a very, very extensive wine list. Uh, I don't necessarily care about wine in any way, but if you do, there is a separate wine-tasting event. It may happen like every third Wednesday of the second month when the moon is in Mercury and various things. It's not. I don't know that it's a regular event. It's very uh, schedule-dependent. Uh, and it does cancel and not cancel, you know, at various times, depending on what they have going on at the restaurants. Um, but the wine tasting event is separate from dinner, but I, I do hear nothing but good things about their wine list and the wine tasting event to get that out of the way. But let's get to 
the oak grilled filet that is quite possibly the best cut of beef you're ever going to have on property. Uh, you People will tell you that Shula's gets a good steak. The Gatsman Steakhouse gets you a good steak. For yep. me, I'm going to Jico. The oak grilled filet is for me. Uh, Jay, if you're into it, I, there's a cocoa-crusted bison dish Ooh. as well. So this is a little more challenging for a limited palate. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Jico's not a place that me and Jay are going to regularly. Um, but the kids menu, which is ironic, is great. It does have chicken and fresh fish if your kids are a little bit more uh, advanced in their tastes. However, <laughs> pizza is still on the menu for the finicky eater, <laughs> which is great. Again, um, Animal Kingdom Lodge, you probably could go any of the restaurants, Boma, uh, even uh, Sanaa at the food court area, uh, really any of the restaurants, the Mara, I believe is what I was looking for, <laughs> the Mara food court. Uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge is a culinary adventure in and of itself, So, and it's a beautiful resort. It's really a shame that it's in the middle of nowhere, because I, I feel like it should be more popular than it is, uh, but Jico itself very hard reservation to get. Uh, I can't speak to Ohana and its difficulty, but I remember it reading is. somewhere yeah. that the Ohana dinner seat is a much harder ticket than uh, the, the breakfast or the dinner, uh, breakfast or lunch. Yep. So all three of these places, if we're giving you a list of places that you want to make reservations to, these are going to be ones you want to make as soon as you can. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to the dinner shows. These are extra experiences that fall under a different type of category. Absolutely underrated and unprecedented dinner shows. This isn't just theme dining or dining with characters. It's a full bore. These are the two most exciting dining experiences on the property when done correctly. They're both two dining credits. Prices do vary by season. And in the case of the luau, that will vary based on the seat location as well. So the first one is the Disney's Hoopty Doo Musical Review. Giddy up, partner. Let's get ready for a rootin' tootin' good time. Disney's Hoopty Doo Musical Review is an extra extravaganza of food and entertainment that will have the whole family in love. Seriously, it's hard not to have a good time here. Oh, Jay, okay. I love you. I love you, sir. That was well done. <laughs> I'm proud no of you. problem <laughs> it's located in the fort wilderness the setting is a huge barn complete with a stage featuring countless musical numbers obviously themed the american west simple simple farm pals american favorites fried chicken smoked barbecue pork ribs seasonal vegetable baked barbecue or baked beans i'm sorry the fake uh, fresh baked cornbread and strawberry shortcake Unlimited draft beer, wine, and sangria and soft drinks are included in the price of admission. Oh, unlimited? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Disney Spirit of Aloha Dinner Show. Aloha, this entertaining luau, has a story, hula dancers, Fire knife performer, you'll enjoy this dining in this open air covered theater with celebrating the sounds, sights, and the flavors of Polynesia. Located in the Luau Cove at the Polynesian Resort, gents are greeted with lays in the tropical setting. Kids enjoy the Hawaiian roller coaster ride, which they'll recognize from Lilo and Stitch. 
Everyone delights in the theatrical presentation of the volcano desserts. Yes, volcano, folks. Volcano. <laughs> I ate a chocolate lava cake with some uh, yes. fudge. Uh, great stuff. Great Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. Savor the family-style island-inspired feast while watching the show. Share tropical mixed greens, mayo, uh, mango poppy seed dressing, pineapple coconut bread, sweet golden pineapple barbecue pork ribs, Lanyo roasted chicken. Sorry, I butchered that. Polynesian rice, fresh seasonal vegetables, and Cleve. I'm not even going to try that. Cleve. <laughs> something. It's a volcano resort. We're back to the volcano resort. That's all you desert. need to know. And the volcano, <laughs> the volcano delight is delicious. Yes. <laughs> Contemporary beverages included milk, lemonade, soda, coffee, tea, bottomless draft beer. Again, wine included for guests 21 of uh, uh, 21 years of age and older. Specialty drinks are available for purchase on the child's menu. Woo! So those are definitely two unique experiences. Um, so thanks for going through those, Jay. So before we wrap up the main topic, uh, there's some some things over the last week or so uh, as far as the community goes. So uh, some favorite dining options. Uh, a couple people write in. So Jordana Izzo, uh, her favorite adult restaurant is the California Grill. That um, makes sense. She, yep. She likes to take her family to the 50s primetime. Great also makes sense. Nope. She, she quotes yep. for her favorite Twitch service is she says, Flame Tree Barbecue at Animal Kingdom is life. I mean, she's uh, not wrong. Flame uh, Tree no. is excellent. It I is. Good so. stuff there. I, I agree. Um, Tim Candy. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm always going to say that. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You can reach us for your free t shirt at DisneyGuysUncensored at gmail.com. For Andrew saying your name like King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, um, his favorite table service, he has two, uh, Sanat and Old Kingdom Lodge. Now, I think this is the one where you you sit with all the glass windows and it overlooks the savannah. Well, I think it's on the ground level, but I think that's what it is. Um, or he says the Whispering Canyon, which we've talked about. Now, I gotta ask him, the Whispering Canyon, if I do remember correctly, has something they call the 10-gallon challenge. And it is a ice cream dessert that contains yep. one scoop of vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, and mint, chocolate chip ice cream, plus it has a slice of apple pie, a vanilla cupcake, a chocolate cupcake, a chocolate brownie, two Mickey Mouse sugar cookies, a banana, pineapples, cherries, Oreos, strawberry sauce, caramel sauce, whipped cream, toasted marshmallows, and a piece of chocolate cake covered with bacon on top. Yum. I mean, whoo! Uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I hope you've tried that, Tim. Um, but yeah, that, that's a doozy. Uh, sounds his, delicious. <laughs> it sounds intense. Uh, uh, his favorite Twitch service is the Columbia Harbor House over at Liberty Square. That's a favorite uh, of ours as well. Typically, mm-hmm. he mentions upstairs in the room that goes over the walkway. Mm-hmm. Talk about the oh, yeah. Over there. And um, or the Satuli t- Canteen over in um, Pandora. And his favorite character, um, Dining Experience, as well as one of mine, is the storybook Dining at Artist Point. So thanks, uh, thanks uh, Jordana and um, Tim there. And really quick, we had a Facebook poll which was pretty close about the dining plan. 
Mm-hmm. We had a decent amount of people um, poll in for this. So we asked, are you all for it or no way you you don't want it? And the results were pretty close. So 50% of the people said all for it. They like the dining plan. Nine out of ten times they get it. Um, 44% of the people said no way, not for me. And then, of course, you always have one oddball who um, wanted to add in there that says they like the dine-in plan if it is there's a deal, right? So like we talked about, if there's a free dine-in plan going on, they're all for it. If not, they don't want to pay for it. Um, so thanks for all those people who, who chimed in with, with those things. And I think that's going to wrap up our main topic of dine-in. Now, I know there's, like Bubba mentioned, there's like 270-something restaurants in all of Walt Disney World. We're never going to cover those all. No. We wanted to talk about our favorites, talk about the dining plan, introduce dining as a whole. Um, future episodes, we'll get more specific into dining locations and other restaurants, um, but we wanted to capture it this way. Um, but with that, I'm trying to wrap up the main topic, and we're going to move on over to the Random House of Mouse. Yes, folks, we're going to take a trip across the country from where I am in New England to the International Comic-Con, or as Jay correctly refers to it as, San Diego Comic-Con, and it is Christmas come early, and folks, if you are fans of Marvel, have we got a treat for you this week. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Jay will tell you, is now the highest grossing thing in the history of everything. <laughs> and uh, But where do we go from here? That's the question everybody wants to know. Where do we go from here? Folks, we found out this weekend, which, guys, kind of shocking to me they didn't hold this until D23 right. Expo in a couple of weeks, but maybe we'll get some more information then, and we'll do this all over again. But let's start at the beginning. Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4. Let's call it Episode 1 of Phase 4. We're going to go Black Widow comes out May 1st of 2020. She's back, guys. Not the Natasha Romanoff who took the fatal plunge off that cliff on Vormir. Spoiler alert. Instead, (laughs) the long-awaited Black Widow solo movie that feels like it's been in production forever is right. finally coming out. It looks like it's going to take part right about the time of Civil War, a little bit after uh, S- Civil War happened. Uh, and Natasha does go back to Budapest, where she does meet another Red Room trainee. I'm not going to speak to you about any of that, ultimately, because you probably already know the backstory, and we don't have the kind of time right. to tell you Black Widow's origin story. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is back. Florence Pugh will be portraying Yelena Belova, and David Harbour is on board to play the Red Guardian slash Taskmaster. Woo-hoo. And get this, his name is Alexei, and he's Russian. Is this Stranger <laughs> Things Season 3, you or know? is this just a bit of serendipity? I mean, I don't know, but I side note, I loved Alexei in Stranger Things oh, Season yes. 3, and let's just say I'm excited about Black Widow. I would have been more excited, forgive me for this, for offending anybody, if they had given her a solo movie before we got a Captain Marvel solo movie. Right. That's just me. I feel like uh, I feel like Black Widow's paid her dues. Uh, she's one of the more 
fleshed out characters, believe it or not, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And she's an ass kicker. So I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be good. Again, it's a little little less than a year away. Um, And by the same token, she's one that really doesn't have powers. She's just kind of awesome on her own. Right. So for me, listen, every one of these movies that we're going to mention, I'm excited about. There's a small part of me, that little part of me that respects the crap out of Jack Kirby and all the work he did in the 70s on comics. We're getting an Eternals movie. An Eternals movie. November 6th, 2020. The Eternals are being brought to the big screen by the celebrated director of the writer, Chloe Zhao, and Feige, Kevin Feige, promised that the movie would be full-on Jack Kirby in its spirit and scope. Guys, the cast alone, Richard Madden, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, all playing different characters from the Eternals. And let's be honest, Jay, more so me and you than Andrew, the Avengers are like toddlers, babies compared to what the Eternals are. These are immortal warriors. They've long existed alongside their human inferiors, and we want to stress the inferiority there. Uh, (laughs) I think the Eternals is going to be out of this world. I think it's literally, literally, I, I think we're getting into something that really is going to give those diehard comic book fans something to look forward to. And by that token, let's go to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm wondering how they're going to do this. It sounds like they're they're, they're going to do this right because they kind of screwed over the the Ten Rings in in Iron Man 3. It was quite a bit of a letdown, but it looks like they're finally going to do it justice. Right, so they were dropped name-dropped, as it were, in, in Favreau's uh, in Iron Man. And then, I mean, whatever the dude, whatever the hell happened with Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin in Iron <sighs> Man 3, he, he wasn't really the man. Then, I, I don't know what, it was off the wall. Okay, it, it wasn't a it very really good was. effort. It um, But, so, Canadian actor Simu Liu is, uh, has been cast uh, just a few days ago. Uh, he will play the title character. Uh, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Uh, Aquafina, K-pop star and actress, uh, is set for a yet-to-be-revealed role. And uh, unfortunately, Ben Kingsley will not be playing the Mandarin in this one. However, Hong Kong legend Tony Lang will play the actual Mandarin supervillain. That alone is worth the price of admission, folks. Believe me when I tell you, February 12th, 2021 can't come fast enough. And by that token... Neither can May 7th, 2021, because we're getting a horror movie, finally. We're getting a horror movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Scott Derrickson promises me it will be scary, it'll be real, it'll be epic. Benedict Cumberbatch is back as the titular Doctor, and don't forget Elizabeth Olsen as a Scarlet Witch will be joining him on this new quest to save the multiverse. It's interesting to note um, what they're going to do with it because the, the first Doctor Strange ends in a way that you could almost have a direct sequel to that film. Yes. It would make sense. Yes. Um, but, so there's nothing really known about ultimately who the main antagonist is going to be. Uh, but spoiler alert for in a few minutes from now, WandaVision, the new Disney Plus show, will act as a prequel of sorts for this film. 
we'll touch on WandaVision in one moment. And there's um, not a better character than Doctor Strange to bring horror into the MCU. No, it, it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. As long as B.D. Wong is back, we should be good. Right? <laughs> so, uh, here we go. Yeah. November 5th, 2021. It's interesting because the actress in this next film stars in arguably the most criminally underrated comic book slash graphic novel film of all time in V for Vendetta, which is centered around right. November 5th. Um, we're going for Love and Thunder. Not crazy about the title, but no. it is what it is. Maybe it's a working title. Who knows? This will be the last film of Phase 4. Um, we'll get to Phase 5 in a couple of minutes. But Phase 4 culminates with the reunion of the creative team behind Thor Ragnarok, which, ironically, beloved in terms of Thor movies. People Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. Uh, Taika Waititi uh, and, and Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson all return to what should be a very, very good time. Uh, Jay, I think we disagree on this next point, and it, it's it ultimately... Ultimately, the big news here is Natalie Portman is back as Jane Foster <sighs> after much deliberation. And ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, she's going to play Thor. And it's comic book. I, for one, love Natalie Portman. If you haven't seen Annihilation, I consider it one of the great science fiction movies of the last 20 years. Andrew, I know you've seen Annihilation. It was great. She's got the ability. Show. She's a talented actress. And she is. I, I just don't like her really? as Jane I, F- Foster. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> and I have no problem with... Conversation. With, um, <laughs> We've I had have that no problem with the fact that Thor being a woman. I mean, whoever wield, is worthy to wield me on your is Thor. I just don't like Natalie Portman as this character. Listen... I thought if, she kind of brought down... If you weren't... If you weren't 1,800 miles away, I'd slap you for saying that about Natalie Portman, but we're going to let it go this time. <laughs> Okay, we're going to let it go. But folks, that's phase four. Hang on to those hats and glasses because phase four promises to be one hell of a ride, if you ask me. And that's all over the place with things you can do. Uh, Disney Plus is not getting left out. The problem here is not a lot of this will be at launch. A lot of this will come on a year or two after the the Disney Plus series launches in the fall. Uh, We are getting some Star Wars stuff for Jay. Hold them over until the first thing, fall 2020. The, the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, very yes. aptly titled. It's about Anthony Mackie as um, uh, the, the new Cap, the Falcon, and Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier, um, and Civil War villain uh, Baron Zemo, played by Daniel Bruhl, will be will be the main antagonist. Uh, he's this a lunatic guy that was in Civil War. Solid. Um, Steve, uh, he Zemo was in it. really the main villain for Cap. But right. they didn't do him justice in Civil War. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if Steve Rogers slash Chris Evans maybe shows up in an episode or two. Right. Uh, but this is really going to be about Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. And I listen, both guys do great jobs with the roles. We've never seen Anthony Mackie as Cap yet, but as Falcon, he, he was solid. And Sebastian Stan is one of I mean, probably a top two or three. Great casting in all of Marvel Absolutely. Cinematic. Absolutely. Yeah, he's been great in that role. Uh, for me, though, I want to go to spring 2021 because I finally got Paul Bettany back as Vision. And, and, <laughs> and in WandaVision, which is going to be the prequel again to the next Doctor Strange film, 
Elizabeth Olsen promised me personally at International <laughs> Comic Con, or as Jay likes to refer to it as San Diego Comic Con, that they're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, it's going to get weird. It's going to get deep. And we're going to finally understand what makes Wanda Maximoff the Scarlet Witch. It's interesting because she's great in the role. Absolutely. The character's fun. It goes well with Doctor Strange. But the interaction between her and Vision, the characters, was great. And, I mean, it right. broke your heart when Vision was no longer a, a, a you know, a sentient being at the time. Um, and here's my question with WandaVision mm-hmm. is, I don't know if, if you know who Wanda's, Wanda Maximoff's actual father is, but if they play this right, they could really bring in another well-loved franchise that they've kind of been skirting around for a while. Because Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff's father, is actually Magneto, which would bring in the X-Men into the MCU, which is something that's been needed for a very long time. It hasn't been needed. We've got 35 X-Men movies, and they all suck. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Um, So this will lead, again, I think a little thing here is that we'll meet a grown-up Monica Rambeau as well. She was in um, Captain Marvel. She's the little girl. Uh, her mother and, and, and Carol Danvers are good friends. Um, we'll see. She does in the comics become uh, Photon and eventually Spectrum. Right. So it's interesting to see what they do with that character. But it'll be interesting. Uh, Tiana Paris is a great, great young actress. And I think she'll do a great job with the role. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate all of it. And again, crossover-wise, you wonder if they're going to do anything with any of the other uh, heroes. Or in this case... Dare I say, everybody's favorite god of mischief. Yeah. Because, folks, all you little fangirls out there, Tom Hiddleston is back with the scepter. Loki is coming spring 2020. Uh, it's not Dark World Loki. It's not even Infinity War Loki. It's uh, it's Johnny Hammersticks who had that problem <laughs> with the with the scepter when he when he when he stabbed uh, what the hell's his name there? Jeremy Renner, that Hawkeye. Clint, yep. uh, whatever, the, whatever the hell his name Clint is. Clint Barton. Yeah, Clint Barton there. And, you know, so he's mischievous. He's fun. Um, and also, I'm not going to go with this next bit, because I don't know that all of you have seen Endgame yet. It seems like everybody has. But there's a scene that it seems will be what we're going to see in this film, in this series, yes. uh, that he might be bouncing around a time stream, as it were. So I think that lends itself uh, very well to the character that Hiddleston has brought to the screen, uh, which might be, again, top two or three casting of a, of a character in the MCU. Uh, Jay, there's one that you are very excited about, the, the new animated series coming out. What yeah. if, question mark, uh, summer 2021, uh, the multiverse means there's a multitude of ways that stories could have played out differently in other worlds. Uh, for me, yeah, I think this is a brilliant concept. Yeah, uh, it'll pick all. It'll depict alternate roads not taken uh, by Ant Man, uh, Killmonger, Peggy Carter, Peggy Carter. Um, again, there's potentially 25, 30 characters they're going to be able to do, and, oh, and yeah. limitless actually outside of that. But what it really looked like is probably they're focusing on about twenty five or thirty characters initially, and all of them will be voiced uh, by the original actors and actresses from the MCU. So should be exciting. One thing I'm very excited about is Jeffrey Wright will be watching over the series as the all-seeing watcher Watcher. and anyone familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Marvel Comics in general will tell you those guys are legit and they don't screw around. 
So that'd be fun. Even if he's just uh, kind of like an omniscient voice telling the story, I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. It's animated, and it's probably going to be 25, 30 episodes. i got to tell you, I'm signing up for Disney+. Plus. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go Hawkeye 2021. Jeremy Renner will be picking up the arrows once again. Uh, in this instance, again, a, a lot of a, a lot of self-correction going, a lot of self-awareness here. Um, they are going to be training Kate Bishop, who does yep. become Hawkeye uh, eventually in the comics as well. Uh, that role is not cast yet, but it should be interesting because Renner's a good actor. Renner's yeah. solid, and depending on who you get opposite, he's got chemistry with a lot of people. Should be entertaining to watch, and especially him training somebody along the way to become the, the to take over the Hawkeye moniker could be a black. Right. So Absolutely. Jay, I know you're a big fan and, and you're already signing up for Disney plus anyway. To oh watch yeah. The Mandalorian. So you're going to be there. I know Andrew doesn't really care about Marvel, but I would say if he can catch up, he's got about a year before any of this hits, hits theaters <laughs> or, 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 or comes through Disney plus. So he may want to look into it. Um, some early, early rumors. We may be getting a fantastic four. In Marvel, in Phase 5, um, Guardians 3, obviously, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, the aforementioned X-Men, maybe, I guess. Uh, for me, I actually like the fact that really the only quote-unquote sequel this is we're getting. We're getting, you know, Doctor Strange and, and 4 in, in, in MCU Phase 4, uh, but I'm glad they're holding off on Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2. Uh, Guardians 3 would probably be in Phase 4 if they didn't yeah. fire and then rehire James Gunn. That's right. besides the point. Uh, what I really want to talk about Phase 5 is we're getting Blade, guys. We're getting Woo! Blade. And again, again, I know people out there, Blade, Blade 2, Blade Trinity, great stuff. Blade 2 is excellent. I love it. Mark Rashara, a two-time Academy Award winner, will be playing the quote-unquote anti-hero vampire hunter play let me tell you something that kid can act that's gonna be incredible yes. wesley snipes is already asking for a, a a lesser role in the in the film well i mean I, if I, think, I were you know in trouble for tax evasion i'd be asking for right <laughs> so here's my, my thing i think if we look at it we've never had a quote-unquote rated r mcu film this would i be look at eternals i see eternals there's potential there Doctor Strange, possibly. Doctor Strange, but he's kind of almost too mainstream at this point where they probably right. wouldn't want to limit that. Right. I'm telling you right now, Blade could be that film. Yes. And, and again, I'm not that guy that says they have to be rated, but Blade is a story that has to be told a certain way. And if that comes out yes. PG-13, it'll probably underwhelm a little bit. You need that to be intentional. You need it to be hard. And I mean, that. The Blade and Blade 2 are great. And Blade Trinity is, you know, but Blade <laughs> and Blade 2 are excellent. And yes. I can't wait to see what they do in the official cinematic universe with, with Ali and Blade in general. It's just going to be great. All those uh, movies are to be determined wherever they fit into the grand scheme of Phase 5. So that was a very long-winded version of Random House of Mouse. Um, that's it for me. Jay, if you have anything to add with Marvel? No, no, that pretty much sums it up. All right, then we're going to throw it over to Drew, who's going to say, good night, Canada. <laughs> good stuff, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I don't catch up with the, the backlog soon, I think it's going to be a lost cause. 
Yeah. Uh, I, so um, I either had to get my dame on or uh, or just put it on put it on the bat burner and say it was it was it was listen to you two. Get your um, head in the game. But uh, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Dining at Disney. Uh, as always, if you have feedback, question, or comments, we ask you to please email us at the Disney Guys Uncensored at gmail.com. Um, again, if you want to join our Ohana, get on Facebook. Um, join our, our Facebook group there. And then, as we alluded to last week, we do have a, now a Facebook business page. So we ask you, uh, please like it. Um, so try to do both uh, because they both have different avenues there. Um, but as always, if you really, really, really want to help us, we ask you to please go over to iTunes, give us a five-star ratings, but even better, give us a review. That's going to help us get our name out there and get more attention to us. If you don't have iTunes, uh, I believe you'd actually do reviews on Facebook. Uh, so another thing there that could really help us out. Um, and again, as always, if you want to help uh, support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash the Disney Guys Uncensored. You receive more content. We are now posting our pre-show talk every episode. Uh, we have about a half hour or 20 minutes or so of pre-show conversation between the three of us that we post all unedited fun stuff. Um, so again, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show of the Disney Guys Uncensored. Also, guys, thank you. We hit 160 today and 160 in the Ohana family. So talk thank amongst you. yourselves and have a good time. You guys mean the world to us. Thanks, Jess. Good night. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place.